Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Let's go right to the hotline and ask a question where Anthony Davis is going to be playing as soon as possible to Michael Lee from The Athletic senior NBA writer for The Athletic all across the globe. Find him on Twitter at Mr. Michael Lee. Hello, Michael. Hey, what's up? How you doing? Where the hell? I'm doing well. Where the hell is Anthony Davis going to end up? <laughs> um, it won't be New Orleans. It's like uh, the way things are sort of building. Um, but um, I think it's sort of a different situation, a unique one. Um and I can remember um, when it comes to, you know, to the star chase, you know, I think it started in 2008 when LeBron, you know, um, people were pursuing LeBron to leave Cleveland. But with Anthony Davis, it just feels like from the moment he got to New Orleans, there's been a campaign to get him out of there. And it's been like from other teams, yeah. other players, and it's always been bubbling to the surface. And I feel like it's now just trying to reach the head. Uh, just because there's there's actually a date when that contract's coming to an end, and the people can really hammer it home that it's time to get them out of there. But I, I think it's unique that it's been this way <clears throat> from the jump. Like the minute he signed his extension to stay in New Orleans, it was like, okay, how do we get him out of here? And I feel like it sort of made the situation in New Orleans very tenuous, more tenuous than it probably should be. Uh, and very difficult, and I, I know people talk about just small markets and everything else and the challenge they have to keep stars, but I don't think I've ever seen a campaign um, from the media, from players, and everywhere else to just make sure that a guy leaves his team because he's never once said, I want out. He's never made it anything other than I want to play here and, and win here and make a name for myself here, um, and I'm sure maybe he's just saying the right thing. But I know that there's no way that he can function without eventually letting that bleed into his head. That like I got to get out of here. Yeah, I, I'm not even. And, and I laughed. I just I totally agree with you. That's what I'm saying. I know that it sucks to lose a player of that caliber uh, if you're in a market that isn't New York or L.A. or something like that because they don't really lose players of that caliber, at least who are in their primes. If he were to sign, resign, do you think there's any chance that he resigns in in New Orleans at first, or is that just even a question not worth asking? I don't see it happening. Um, yeah, primarily because you know, just from beyond the speculation and the nonstop, you know, drumbeat to get him out of there, the, the Pelicans just haven't really built a, a solid team um, around him. And I think that he's going to look around and say, "Okay, well, I gave this franchise, you know." seven, eight years, I think it's time for me to look elsewhere and see what I can do. And that's that's the clock everybody's on. You know, um, no one's entitled to stay anywhere for the same uh, forever. Um, you know, especially now when players have the ability to sort of take control of their destiny, play wherever they want to play, play with whoever they want to play with. Um, there's nothing keeping him, to you know, there. And the team hasn't done enough to make it worthwhile. You know, um, I think that's what makes it unique. You know, it's not like LeBron leaving Cleveland after winning 66 games. You know, it's not like Kevin Durant leaving Oklahoma City after they reached the conference finals. You know, this is a team that's 
really struggled um, to, to to get past the first round of the, of the playoffs or just to even make the playoffs. And that's going to make it an easier decision for Anthony Davis whenever he decides to go elsewhere. Is there anything, Michael Lee joining us on the show from The Athletic, is there anything the league can do to entice players to stay no. in, in, in? No. no and, I, and I think that the mistake that they're going to make is to continue to try to give home teams an advantage. Um, you know, sometimes it's good to just say this relationship is no more, and I think it's time to, to do something, try something else. Um, but forcing guys to stay somewhere um, where they don't want to be, um, you put yourself in really difficult situations. You know, they created a Supermax contract, which is supposed to provide so much financial incentive that a player would be foolish to leave it behind. But we've seen that it sort of backfire in that now teams will, say, develop a star. But then once they get to the point where you have to pay them, it's like, well, they're good, but they're not, like, change the direction of our franchise good. Yep. We got we to trade them. You know, Sacramento did it with DeMarcus Cousins. Um, Cleveland, I mean, uh, Chicago did it with Jimmy Butler. Um, they didn't get a chance to do it because he asked out, but Indiana's probably going to face the same decision with Paul George. But you have a really good player, somebody that's been in your system, that's come up, you know, but, you know, developed, and you you can take pride in the fact that we developed this guy, you know, to become an all-star, you know, or, or you know, um, one of the top players in the game. But he's not the top player. And, you know, there's only five or six guys that can really move the meter in terms of making your team an automatic contender and also, um, you know, being box office. But now everybody gets a chance to get paid. Um, you know, I think there are probably, you know, 20, 30 guys making over 20, 30 million dollars. And there just aren't that many good players, <laughs> you know, to really do that. Um, so I think that it's backfired in a sense. You keep creating all these incentives, but the player eventually says, I want out. And you just have to deal with it. You know, it's, it's just like anything. Um, you can't just provide a bunch of incentives for your girlfriend's stay. If she decides to leave, she's going to leave you. Michael Lee joining us on the show. Well, I agree with that. So do you think he could end up in L.A., or where do you think he ends up? Because I fear that the L.A. thing might be a little bit played out because of where LeBron is in his career and where Anthony Davis might be in his career and how some guys are kind of wanting to branch out and do their own thing. Yeah, I think that, you know, if I'm New Orleans, <laughs> I'm making sure L.A. doesn't get him because of the uh, situation that's occurred this week, you know, with the fact that LeBron – whether innocent or not, or whether he was actually just, you know, putting his foot down, the fact that he put the franchise in a very difficult situation. They're struggling right now as a team. They're having a hard time trying to win games. And to have someone with the power of LeBron to come out and say, yeah, I'd love to play with him, you know, no matter what his intent was, no matter what he thought, you know, the result of that coming was going to be, it put pressure on Alvin Gentry to automatically say, no, we're not going to trade him. And now the franchise has to respond to what's been said, and then you know all the every by every outlet is speculating about him, and so every question has to be asked about his future. When that can't do anything to help a struggling team focus on the here and now, um, so it's really a difficult challenge. So I think that to answer your question, I know to dancing around, but to answer your question, I think Boston to me is the best position to make a trade for him because, you know, next summer will be the time when the Warners can offer him a Supermax and he can say, yeah, you're nay. 
and then they can make a move. But whenever you have a guy this caliber, you know, a once-in-a-generation type player, you want to do everything you can to keep him in your organization for as long as you can. And, um, you know, I think that, say, like when Cleveland had LeBron the first time, you know, I'm sure they never really thought about trading LeBron. They wanted to make sure that they just did everything they could to keep him. Mm-hmm. He inevitably left, and of course he came back, or whatever. But some things you just can't prepare for. You know, say, well, you don't want to be left empty-handed. You have nothing to show for it. But it's not often that, you know, no matter what, if you trade one of these types of players, it's not often the returns going to be something that, that makes it worthwhile anyway. So if I'm the woman, I just I keep him for as long as, he, as long as he's under contract to perform for me. Michael Lee, damn it, you're so fantastic. Michael Lee with us on the show, at Mr. Michael Lee on Twitter. All right, what did you think of LeBron's comments on HBO? Uh, about the NFL? Mm-hmm. Um, I don't dispute them. Um, I think that, you know, there appeared to be a situation with a, a player now um, who's been basically uh, outlawed or banned from the league um, just for expressing an opinion that um, to me doesn't seem to be all that controversial <laughs> if you think about um, human life and consequences and um, and how we should respect and honor that. But um, but it turned into a political statement, and now he's been out of the league for two years, and teams have bent over backwards to keep him out. That sends a message to players that if you don't agree with the political ideology of the guys writing the check, then we will make sure that you will not step foot on this field. And that's a scary uh, statement to send uh, to your, to fans and especially to athletes that, you know, if we don't agree with you, we will make sure that you don't get paid, that you don't get a chance to do what you love to do. And, um, and you, and I, I can't just, dis- I can't dispute anything that he said. And I, I think that the owners have basically supported that, um, opinion, whether it's right or not. If, Actions have basically made that something that you that is hard to dispute. Michael Lee joining us on the show. I, I think that, and obviously it's a big question, but I don't think that Colin Kaepernick or anybody, uh, the Eric Reed as well. I don't think they're the only guys who, and Eric Reed's back in the NFL. <clears throat> I don't think they're the only guys that, whether they've actually conspired to do it or not owners have decided to keep out of the NFL or the NBA or Major League Baseball for that matter. Do you do you know or do you believe LeBron? Do you think that he will go by these words and stand by these words if he becomes an owner in professional sports someday in the terms of if there's a player who's troublesome and troublesome to the political beliefs or troublesome to the beliefs of owners, very rich people, which LeBron is one of those. Will he go back and do something that goes against these words, goes against his feelings because he is an owner now? Will he go back on that, or will he still stand by these words 10 or 15 years from now when he does become an owner in professional sports? Um, I would like to believe that based on what he said, that he would sort of stay consistent with what he feels. Um you know, but it also kind of goes back to Michael Jordan, where you know he was a guy that during um, you know labor disputes as a player would challenge owners and you know confront them. You know, and made it very clear to the Bulls that players win championships is not organizations. And now he's on the ownership side, and he was one of the main guys 
you know, during the um, 2011 lockout, who was basically demanding, you know, changes to be made to make it easier for small market owners to, you know, to profit. So I think that, you know, when you're on the other side, your uh, motivations are changed and motivations are different. But I also feel that when it comes to this particular incident with Colin Kaepernick, I don't see how LeBron would um, would go would do something opposed to just how he's carried himself and what he seems to um, be about, you know, the way he seems to believe. Um, I don't think that he would violate that. There may be another instance, another situation that may may challenge him in, in terms of you know how he builds his teams. You know, whenever he decides to go into ownership, and I believe he will because he's proven to be a power 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 player um, as a player like we've never seen before. Um, but I just feel like um, as it relates to this situation, I don't think that he would um, go against what he said. Michael, they're tough questions to answer. That's why I wanted to have you on, because you're better than a lot of people out there to answer them, and I thank you very much for the time, buddy. All the best. Hope to talk to you again soon. Hey, anytime, man. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate this conversation. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.